Hey, Eau Claire, enjoy this holiday season downtown by shopping local, sharing your secrets with Santa, and stopping by downtown Eau Claire's Haymarket Holiday on Small Business Saturday, November 25th. The festivities will be held at Haymarket Plaza and the Pablo Center at the Confluence from 11 to 3 with trolley rides to boot. Come for cider, cocoa, and community Ho, ho, hope to see you there on Saturday, November 25th. Hello, everyone. Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Hey, give Eau Claire Hometown Media a five-star rating on Spotify. It would be greatly appreciated from all of our podcasters and and by the way if you do it i can't give you anything but you get my utmost amount of respect and scott monasana respect is worth all the gold bullion in the world Uh, so give us that five star rating uh not really a hot button topic to get to today so an opportunity for us to hit on a number of things on the program by the way today being election day not a lot of big stuff around uh in the area are there even are there even uh races going on is there even an election going on locally i'll 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 be i'll play I'll, i'll play ignorance on that i'm not even sure that there's even polls open uh in the chippewa valley today i'll plead the ignorance on that because there's nothing with city council races or county races or anything uh, of that nature but a year from now of course it'll be very very busy and as we all know come the spring this is a big springtime election area uh, in wisconsin so more about that uh, down the way and again a year from now we'll be in the thralls of uh the presidential election and various local races. Uh, some things to get to today. We start off with with this. Uh, so over the weekend, the Cranky Buzzard closed. Now, the Cranky Buzzard downtown restaurant had been in operation for about a year. It was just about a year ago that they opened. They took over the spot that had been vacated by the Galloway Grill in downtown and they they cleaned it up considerably and they were refreshing the menu and and all of that sort of thing and unfortunately uh, Sarah and the team at the Cranky Buzzard uh, have uh, decided to shut down operations as for any number of reasons but let's be honest uh, usually that's a sign that you just were not bringing in enough cash flow to make it uh, work so unfortunate to see a downtown business go and of course they were a partner of ours uh they did a podcast with us and i'll be i'll be blunt i'll be honest it's the 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 bluntness of me uh she had kind of ghosted us for about a couple of months uh it didn't look she still had several months left on her contract to be able to do podcasts but uh, they had gone there they, they they weren't returning calls or scheduling podcasts and it's unfortunate because the cranky buzzards podcast with us was for a while the most popular show we had even beating out dose of dog for a while and it was one of the top three podcasts that we had but unfortunately uh 
you know, I think a number of reasons why they stopped doing their podcast and uh, she leaves us with an unpaid bill. Uh, so we'll be, our team is is out the money on the Cranky Buzzard uh, podcast. Uh, but this is what I always tell everybody. Uh, obviously, she, 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 you know, Sarah and the team there shut down operations. They had major issues besides not paying Eau Claire hometown media. Uh, I had heard other things, too. She left unpaid bills with uh, a web developer that we're partners with and some other things. So clearly there was a lot of struggles with the Cranky Buzzard. And these struggles, by the way, are not unique to the Cranky Buzzard or any small business. A number of small businesses are able to weather the storm and they get through it and they're able to get back to port if you will, and then some others are sunk by them, and that's what ended up happening uh, here. Now, the thing is, whenever you see a business shut down like the Cranky Buzzard, a, a restaurant, a local restaurant, almost inevitably, you have the people start writing out that they, 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 they want to play the Monday morning quarterback on this. They want to give an opinion as to why it closed or other sort of extrapolations as to this one business closing, even though you really don't have to. It's a business that closed. It's unfortunate. Any business closing, especially a small business where you had a person put all their effort into it, it's unfortunate. It's terrible. You shouldn't be celebrating it. You shouldn't be happy that it happened or anything along those lines. But everybody's coming out with reasons why it closed and also a number of people that are saying, well, you just wait and see. This is the first of many. That's a comment I've heard a lot, especially online in the last few days. This is the first of many local restaurants that are about to close down. And whenever I see that comment, I always take a step back. First off, and we're going to get to it in a moment, a number of local restaurants I hear are in trouble are actually doing quite well. So don't judge the proverbial book by its cover. We'll get to that in a moment. I think that there's a lot of people that throw that out there. Oh, a lot of places are about to close. They do it, one, because they just want to be a trouble starter. Two, if, a, if, if you think a bunch of places are going to close and... Four years from now, a place closes. Were you right? No, you really weren't. All right, places will eventually close. All right, so give me more of a timeline. If you say, "Hey, bunch of places are about to announce in the next week," and I've got names, that's something we that's something you could go with. But if you just say a bunch of places are about to close down, are going to close down, well, give more than that. All right, you're you're you're. You're giving too much of an open-ended statement. The other thing is there's a lot of people that you know are saying it almost wishfully thinking a number of places are going to close because they're just negative or it's it's more of a comment on Joe Biden's America, if you will. And by the way, if you're, a, if you're somebody that leans anti-Joe Biden, you think this economy's terrible. If you're somebody that's for Joe Biden, you think this economy's great and the economy before was bad and that whole thing. But at the end of the day, 
with the cranky buzzard closing. It's one place that shut down. I don't necessarily think it's a canary in the coal mine. And I don't necessarily believe that it means that what they were doing at the cranky buzzard was a failure or anything like that. It is just what it is. Uh, the, the restaurant, and, and if you had not gone to the restaurant, you missed out. You missed out. They, they tried something different. They had a, a smaller menu. It was not your typical burgers and fries. Uh, it was not really common foods. Uh, very small menu. It was unique takes on things. But it also wasn't hoity-toity either. Uh, they used higher-end ingredients. A lot of flavors, a lot of ways they built things that you weren't going to get at any place else. But at the same time, it was still a regular restaurant. It wasn't some fusion restaurant or anything like that. The prices were a bit higher. That was always a complaint you'd hear about the Cranky Buzzard. And you hear now about places like the Good Wives. You'll hear that a lot when people are talking about the Good Wives, that the prices are high. But things are only expensive if you don't see a value. If you go somewhere, and maybe it's a little pricier than what you'd like, but you're like, boy, this meal was really good. It's not expensive. It might not be something you could do for lunch every week, but maybe you can go to dinner there every other month. Anything, events, clothing, games, food, the price is only high if you didn't see a value, if you didn't like it. But again, don't all of a sudden start predicting lots of failures and closures based on this. That the cranky buzzard closed. And by the way, again, we don't know all the details on these various businesses. The businesses you think are packed may be struggling. More so, those that you hear are struggling by you know fourth or fifth down the line may very well be actually doing quite well and they're not in danger of closing. Unless you hear exactly from the owner themselves, not even the general manager, the owner themselves, you got nothing to go on. I'll give you an example. Reboot Social, downtown. Reboot Social. Been there many times. It's almost always empty. Was just there last Wednesday. And it actually had some people in there last Wednesday night. But it's usually empty. Hardly ever see people go in there. I hear stories of people saying, nobody's ever at Reboot Social. However, from multiple sources, I've been told the place is financially secure and that the owners are very happy. The owners and operators are very, very happy. From multiple sources. Now, what those two things financially sound and happy, they can mean different things to different people. There's not necessarily a scoreboard, but whatever metrics they're going on to call it a success, they're deeming it a success, so that place is not in danger of closing. Again, unfortunate to see any type of place close, and, you know, again, it's unfortunate. And I like that Cranky Buzzard podcast, and hopefully we get back another restaurant theme podcast in the next little bit Sarah was great to get to know and and all and and all of that and just is just uh, is what it is uh 
was thinking about this, by the way. <laughs> you know, this is the week uh, where a lot of people are getting their leaves picked up. The bags are out at the streets and what have you. Is it better just to mulch the leaves than to pick them up? Or am I just rationalizing that? <laughs> we, the Montesano Mansion's at a corner in a residential neighborhood. And I am convinced over the course of the time we've lived here since 2016 that our lawn is not only where all of our trees drop their leaves, but all the neighbors' trees, their leaves get blown onto our lawn. <laughs> so it, 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 it's impossible to bag them all. It would take one year we did try to do it. And I want to say we had 40 bags. When all was said and done, starting the bag in early October, and by the time it was over, I think we were at 40 or 50 bags worth of leaves. And and this was after mulching them down and still sucking them up. So for the last two or three years, I'll pick up some leaves in various areas of the the lawn, the little wiffle ball field we have and the football field we have for the kids. I'll pick those up, but... A lot of it now, I'm just kind of mulching it back in. Just keep mulching it back in. I, I, I've i seen that somewhere, and I went online and was validated that, yeah, just mulch your leaves into your yard. Make sure you mulch them, though. Don't just leave a bed of leaves because that'll do damage to the lawn and what have you, but mulch them in. The only places I found that said don't do that because the places that said do it were turf management companies, uh, you know, la- landscapers kind of told you to, to mulch it in, you know, various uh, agricultural schools. The people that were telling you, no, 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 you've got to pick up your leaves, were, the, were lawn care companies that were selling a service that they would pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a matter that I'm just out there leaving the leaves and not doing anything. I'm still going out there mulching them. I'm just not picking them up. Mentioned uh, the kids, by the way, we, we have a field in our backyard. It's, I don't want to make it sound like we've got multiple acres, but I build these little fields. And one of the things we do is I play backyard football with my son. And... This it sounds a lot worse than it is. Uh, I scratched him on Saturday night. <laughs> we were playing football in the backyard and uh, went to go for the football. And I got up there and I scratched him on his left cheek. And uh, when it happened, I you know, my son doesn't really cry or anything. He's got a high pain tolerance. Uh, he's an emotional, soft-spoken kid. But when it comes to physical pain, he usually doesn't show much uh you know, he doesn't cry or anything for pain, but immediately he puts his hand up to his cheek and takes his hand away. And I can tell it's a little, you know, a little red. And I, at first I'm like, I didn't really hurt him that much. I didn't even feel like I had scratched him with my fingernails. And we played and all that. And I got dinged a penalty for it, by the way. Well, we wake up on Sunday morning and my son's got, I mean, it, he got, it looked like he got into a fight with a cat. And came out on the wrong side of it. Big, long uh, scratch mark down his left cheek. Uh, he's telling everybody that daddy did that to him. I'm surprised social services didn't come calling. And then last night, Monday night, we uh, took our family pictures. We 
do this every couple of years. We, we go to a Photoshop and get nice family pictures done. And my wife had to put, my son's 12 years old, and he's got the, the marks still on his face. He had to put the concealer makeup on. So he had makeup on, and my uh, 10-year-old daughter did not for the photos. Speaking of, my daughter got to go to uh, Minnesota on Friday to watch her in a figure skating competition. That is one of the most frustrating things, figure skating competitions, because we go to Burnsville. It's four hours of driving, two hours there, two hours back, and she's on the ice for when you factor in the practice ice time of about 20 minutes and 90 seconds of actual competition. She's on the ice for, what, 20, you know, 20 minutes and change, four hours of driving, a lot of waiting. It's, it's awful. It's awful, the figure skating competitions. Awful. Not the actual act of it, but logistically, it's a nightmare. And people say, well, aren't there, you know, don't, aren't there various things you can compete in? You can, but it's not like, you know, you, if, if your kid has a soccer tournament or a baseball tournament or whatever, they go and they've got games at 1.30 and 5, and if they win, maybe they got another one or whatever. They've got multiple games, and they're kind of spaced out. With a figure skating competition, the way it usually goes is that maybe your, your one competition you can be a part of, because you got to be in levels. One is at 11.40 on Friday, and then... Uh, Another competition you have qualified for, you can participate in at 7 o'clock that Friday night or better, or many times it's the next day. So something like Burnsville, she, we could have gone back out Saturday for her to compete again, but that would have ended up being eight hours of driving for 40 minutes of competition. It's, it, it doesn't make any sense. Wanted to point this out. Good time to point this out because it's coming up this weekend. Lots of Veterans Day deals in the area at restaurants. Lots of Veterans Day deals. Check out online. Check out your favorite restaurants. See what they're doing for the veterans. I believe it's this Saturday. So check out the Veterans Day deals that are going on. Downtown Eau Claire, a proud sponsor of Eau Claire Hometown Media, they have opened up their Jumpstart grant process. So if you're interested in applying for a grant through Decky, go on to the Decky website, just Google it, it'll come up. Jumpstart grant process underway. They've done this for the last 18 years. They, they award grants of up to $5,000. Previous recipients, including the Raggedy Man, and also Ramon's Ice Cream. Uh, last year's winner is a business that has not opened yet, but plans to open in the next couple of months. And it's going to do uh, high-end wedding products. What that means, I do not know. But uh, you get your business plan together, you apply for the grant, and this is additional seed money for these businesses. I think the, the individual that I think tangled up in Hugh which opened up, what, 10, 15 years ago, I believe. They uh, were one of the recipients when they had first uh, got going. Uh, so wonderful thing Decky's done now for almost 20 years and a great way for these businesses to get a little extra money. And that, that, that you know, $5,000 can get soaked up pretty quickly. But when you're just starting up your business, there's a lot of those costs that you just cannot avoid. 
And sometimes I tell people when they're starting up a business, the th- a lot of people, for instance, marketing is a big thing that say, well, I'm not going to spend money on marketing because I have to spend money on X, Y, and Z. And when you, money's tight and you have not gotten that revenue flow yet of having opened the business or you haven't generated that consistent income yet, when you spend money, you spend a dollar, you want to get something back in return. Like, hey, if I... I have to spend money on various taxes and what have you. And then when I am spending money, I want to make sure I get something physical back in my hand, a piece of equipment or something. If I spend money on advertising, there is no way, no matter how many people, you know, ROI, you know, being able to feel the return on investment, either your, your profits go up or they don't. That's what advertising is. It's, you, know, you, you can do every metric you want to try to score it or anything like that, and that's all just rationalization one way or the other. When people talk about ROI for advertising, either you're seeing new customers and you're seeing money go up or not. But long story short, some money like this, this grant money, and I don't know the rules. You might not be able to just take that money and spend throw it into some real good advertising, but that's money that maybe you can put somewhere else and then free up other monies to do advertising. Because if you're not doing a good marketing campaign, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle if you're not doing a good marketing campaign. And what is a good marketing campaign? It's not just buying ads on Facebook. And to that end, there's a number of small businesses that aren't even doing that anymore. But it's not just buying something on Facebook. And you have to spend on Facebook now. You have to. That's the other thing, too, that's changed in the last 5, 10 years. You can't just put posts. you got to spend money on that and put a concentrated effort. You want to have a good website that people can go to. That's part of the marketing. You want good signage outside your restaurant or outside your business or whatever. You want to have good signage. That's your marketing as well. Not just a banner. You got to have good signage. And I know there's various stipulations in any town, but whatever, the maximum that's allowed in your town, you want good signage out front. That, you know, your signage is a big part of your advertising. And then you got to still do some of the traditional stuff, whether it is, uh, television, whether it's billboards. I, I tell people billboards were great. And then you also have to think about other ways of advertising. What are some, as they would call it, guerrilla forms of advertising? Get yourself tied in with an event that's already going on. Sponsor an event that's going on and take advantage of the people that are going there. All that stuff. You know, People that win this grant money, from Decky, that five thousand dollars might not be able to be used directly towards advertising, but you can take wherever that five thousand dollars is going towards, free up the other monies to go to your advertising. Don't just think I'm going to open up, and one customer is going to tell two of their friends, and those two friends will tell two more of their friends, and and all that. You gotta spend money on advertising. I will, I'm going to give you a, a good example. This has been a great show just to go off. There was a, and I'll tell you right now, because the business went out of business. They've gone out of business. But there was, and it was Modicom. I'll tell you this. It was Modicom. And I, I have no problem telling this now. They were a guest on a podcast 
on our platform about seven, eight months ago. And and I mentioned this business because one, they no longer exist, and that's all part of that artisan forge fiasco that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. But the way the individual sounded it, the the guy who is the head was the head brewer there and owned the place, was the guest in this podcast, and he sounded the same way as so many other businesses that I've met over 20 years sound and eventually all fail. Eventually they fail. And he boldly said, he was he was kind of a little cocky. It was beer was okay. His beer was good. And I, it was good beer that he brought to this podcast that we sampled. It was tasty and all that. I wasn't about uh, I'm not going to trip over somebody to go get the beer, but it wasn't it wasn't swill either. It was good beer. And he flat out said, without provocation, he said, we don't do any advertising. And I asked him, I said, well, well, why? Why don't you do any marketing at all? Like, Because he, he had talked about the fact they're trying to grow their business. And he goes, well, why advertise? He goes, why advertise? Advertising is a sign of failure. You should just be able to allow your product to sell itself. Son, that's not how business works. You've got to give people a re. I just mentioned his beer, that Modicom beer, was good. It was good beer. But I'm not in a position where you were part of my sphere of influence, and I'm somebody with money and all that. You've got to get me, pull me into your gravitational pull, and then if I start coming there routinely, then you've got yourself a customer. That's what advertising is. You're trying to pull people in and then let your product. Advertising isn't just throw an ad on the radio. Marketing isn't just putting out a Facebook post. Marketing could be spending some money on putting on an event at your place. It could be bringing in a celebrity. You get that sometimes. That's what marketing is. And... Sometimes it is buying a television ad or partner. You know, there's various things you can do. All right. Continuing on here. We got a couple more minutes here. What else did I want to hit today? Oh, uh, one last thing today. Uh, Saw this. uh, Two youth curlers from the Eau Claire Curling Club have earned a berth in the Youth Olympic Games in South Korea in January. Now, one of the curlers is from Wausau. Still, congratulations to her. But the other is Benji Parl, who is a student at Memorial. So Benji Parl and his teammate from Wausau, they will participate in mixed doubles at the Youth Olympic Games in South Korea. Congratulations to Benji Parl for qualifying for that. An outstanding uh, accomplishment uh, for anybody uh, to get to that level, obviously. And uh, we've talked about it almost annually now in this program the last two, three years, the growth of of curling. And in this area, curling has really been popular for the last 10, 15 years. The curling club has done very, very well, and it is uh, very much a fixture in the area, the curling, uh, the curling club. And it's great to see uh, some youngsters moving on through. You see it, too, with bowling, with some junior bowlers at 
make it to the state level for bowling, uh, and, and understandably so. A lot of attention is placed on you know, the basketball players and the football players and the volleyball players, uh, some of those more spectator sports, but the accomplishments of those that are doing things like this and, and other things that are really off the radar is still very, very important. And when you do get a chance to, it's brought to light. Talk about it. I give you this. If, if somebody were to ever say, you know, you know, you'll get this sometimes in the media, you know, why aren't you highlighting, you know, XYZ who won the widget competition? Well, it's, it's as I said, it's off the radar. I'm not looking for what happened at the widget competition. But if you tell me about the widget competition, we will talk about it. Where you would have a kick is if you're telling me about the widget competition and I say, nobody cares. I, I never like that in any type of media when people say, nobody cares. A lot of people care about a, a number of things. You'd have no idea what people care about. All right. That'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Back with you on Thursday. Thursday will be a recorded edition. Thursday, a recorded edition of Talk of the Town. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.